there's music and flowers. Got to kick my heels, got to laugh and sing. Here's a girl with everything. Look who's dancing, look who's on air. Silly and dizzy and too dumb to care. Will you look who's floating like a feather? Since he said that we belong together, look who's dancing without a blush. Loony and spoony, all moonlight and mush. Look who hasn't got a wrinkle on her bra. Look who's dancing, look who's dancing. Look, look, look who's dancing now. I'm Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theater. 
Opening at the Alvin Theater, April 19, 1951, with music by Arthur Schwartz, lyrics by Dorothy Fields, and a book by Betty Smith and George Abbott, based on the novel by Betty Smith, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn was an example of a production in which the presence of a star performer could overwhelm and damage the potential of the production's other virtues. The 1943 semi-autobiographical novel, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, was an immense success. It was also released in an armed services edition the size of a mass-market paperback to fit in a uniform pocket. One Marine wrote to Smith, Quote, I can't explain the emotional reaction that took place in this dead heart of mine. A surge of confidence has swept through me, and I feel that maybe a fellow has a fighting chance in this world after all. Unquote. The main metaphor of the book is the hearty tree of heaven, whose persistent ability to grow and flourish even in the inner city mirrors the protagonist's desire to better herself. A 1945 film adaptation marked the debut of Ilya Kazan as a movie director after directing such noted stage productions as The Skin of Our Teeth, One Touch of Venus, and Yakubowski and the Colonel. Peggy Ann Garner received the Academy Juvenile Award for her performance as Francie Nolan, the adolescent girl at the center of the coming-of-age story. Other stars were Dorothy McGuire, Joan Blondell, Lloyd Nolan, and James Dunn, who received the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his portrayal of Francie's father. The musical production, directed by Abbott and choreographed by Herbert Ross, starred the great actress Shirley Booth. A theatrical treasure, she had conquered Broadway in Three Men on a Horse, The Philadelphia Story, My Sister Eileen, and Come Back Little Sheba, to name just a few. Her presence at this time in any production ensured box office. The musical version of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn earned mixed to favorable reviews in 1951, but won unanimous raves for Shirley Booth's performance as Aunt Sissy, a vulgar, lovable simpleton who stole every scene without moving the plot an inch. The musical's through-line deals with the tragic union of Johnny and Katie Nolan and the raising of their bright, sensitive daughter Francie. Her little brother in the novel, Neely, doesn't even show up. But Booth's personal magnetism kept distracting audiences from the unhappy Nolans. The people out front wanted more of Sissy and less of Johnny and Katie suffering. Listening to Booth on the cast album, you understand why. The production could have and should have been a huge success, with a gorgeous score that well represents the time and characters. However, audiences expecting more of a character being portrayed by a star of Booth's magnitude were left unfulfilled, with neither enough of the charms of Shirley Booth nor A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. The story first was heard on radio on the October 7, 1947 episode of Studio One on CBS starring Rosemary Rice as Francie. It was also heard with original film star James Dunn in a CBS radio adaptation that aired April 28, 1949 on Hallmark Playhouse. 
What we have for you now is the January 27th, 1946 episode of Hollywood Star Time, featuring two of the original film stars. This being a non-musical, as with our opening, we'll pepper in songs from the beautiful 1951 Broadway score throughout. Here now are Peggy Ann Garner and James Dunn, with Joseph Kearns and Lorene Tuttle in supporting roles in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Your twice as sure with two great names, Frigidaire and General Motors. Frigidaire presents Hollywood Star Time. Today, for the first time on the air, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, starring Peggy Ann Garner and James Dunn. Each week at this time, Frigidaire brings you radio versions of Hollywood's finest motion pictures with Hollywood's greatest stars. Today, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which film critics from coast to coast recently voted the second best picture of 1945. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn was produced by 20th Century Fox who also are producers of the current Technicolor success, Lever to Heaven, which stars Gene Tierney, Cornell Wilde, and Gene Crane. Now, in just a few moments, a tree grows in Brooklyn. Frigidaire, the greatest name in refrigeration, is made only by General Motors. And it's this association of experience with experience, of skill with skill, that makes Frigidaire America's favorite refrigerator today. The seven million Frigidaires built and sold are the best proof of Frigidaire's outstanding record of dependability, of lasting satisfaction. For back of every great refrigeration principle pioneered by Frigidaire, back of every exciting new Frigidaire feature, back of every exclusive Frigidaire advantage, is one all-important purpose, to keep food good to eat. Remember this when you choose your new refrigerator. Remember the record of millions of Frigidaires in millions of American kitchens. And remember, you're twice as sure with two great names. For Frigidaire is made only by General Motors. And now the first radio production of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, starring Peggy Ann Garner and James Dunn, with another brilliant musical score conceived and conducted by Alfred Newman. There is a tree in Brooklyn. It grows in boarded-up lots and out of neglected rubbish heaps. It grows out of cellar gratings and out of broken cement. It survives without sun and water and seemingly without earth. It grows in the midst of poverty, for it likes poor people. Francie Nolan. We used to live on the third floor back. Mama, Papa, my brother, Neely, and I. I went to public school 32, but I didn't like it much. I used to like to sit on our fire escape and read, or look down on our tree in the backyard near the garbage can. But most of all, I used to love waiting to hear Papa singing when he came home, 
There was a game we used to play. I'd always try to get to the door before Papa could finish his singing. I've won, I've won. Well, now, I wouldn't be too sure of that if I was you. But I did. I got to the door and opened it before you finished, and that's the rule. Let's call it a draw, huh? And where is your beautiful mama? Up on the top floor washing the halls, I guess. In that case, you'd better start laying out my clothes. You're always making fun, Papa. You know you haven't any more clothes. No, what's this, then? A tie. And this? A dickie. And this? An apron. Them's clothes, ain't they? And you'd better be getting that apron iron. Oh, Papa, you've got a job for tonight? Do you see the palm of that hand? That's right where I got the world tonight. Where is it, Papa? Clama's big wedding party. Lots of tips. Singing or waiting? Both. Oh, Papa. Maybe tonight will be it. Maybe tonight the impresario will be there. And I'll hear you sing and he'll put you on the stage. And why not? Ain't I the Brooklyn thrush? Oh, you'd better be getting that apron iron. Have it in a jiffy, Papa. Coffee's on. You know, you're going to make a mighty nice wife for somebody someday, Primadonna. Oh, Papa, you're crazy. Maybe so. But things are going to be different around here. Now, you wait and see. And when our ship comes sailing in, what's the wish you wish the most? It already came true. What is it, baby? Come on, tell me now. Well, I, I wish that when you came home today, you wouldn't be sick. Oh. Who told you to call it sick, baby? Ah, haven't you got a better wish than that? A silk dress or something? No, Papa. I just... Just what? I just love you so much, Papa. Oh. You're a nice girl, baby. Come on. We better tell your mama the news about my job. I'm Katie Nolan. All right, so Johnny's got a job for one night. What's that? How can we live on one night of work out of the week? I wish I wasn't so crazy over Johnny sometimes. Him and those dreamy ways I used to think so much of. And I won't have the kids taken after him. I... There I go again. Maybe that's what my sister meant this afternoon. Maybe that's what she meant. Sissy makes a lot of good sense sometimes. Sissy kept saying, it was getting hard. You're getting hard, Kate. You used to be sweet and soft. Soft on Johnny. But you're getting hard. What did she mean? I'm not sure. You're getting hard, Kate. Be careful, you'll spoil everything. Be careful, Kate. I don't know. I'll ask Johnny. He'll be home late after the wedding tonight. I'll wait up for him. He'll like that. Maybe things can be the way they used to be. I'll try. I'll try hard. Open the door for your father, Francis. I know, I know. He's all right, Mama. He isn't sick. Papa! Well, what do you know if it ain't my beauty? How did it go, John? Katie, you waiting up, too. I thought I might as well. Where's Neely? He couldn't stay awake. Hey, what did you do to your hair? It looks nice. Oh, go on. What's in the bag, Johnny? Is it something to eat, I'll bet? French rolls? 
A whole half a lobster from the shores of far-off Maryland, caviar all the way from Russia, fried oysters, cheese from uh, uh, the mountain fastnesses of La Belle France. I'm hungry. Hello, Neely. What do you know about the mountain fastnesses of France? Well, will you listen to that, kid? I'm starved. What do you think of a mama who forgot where we went on our honeymoon? Did you really go there, mama? Of course not. Papa's joking. Sure we did, or just the same as. We worked nights, cleaning up in a big public school. And there was a map on the wall. And we'd pick out the places with a pointer where we pretend we was that night. And you tell me we wasn't there. I guess we kind of was. Talk some more, Papa. Tell us about the party. Ah, that can wait. How's this, Katie? Three dollars. That's good wages. Good tips, too. Papa, start. Was the music and did they dance? the bride pretty? Sure. She was awful pretty in that white dress and all. She had diamonds on her hands and even in her ears and so that she kind of glittered. Did you sing for him, Papa? I was coming to that. I got three encores on my wild Irish rose and everybody clapped and clapped. So I did Irish eyes are smiling four times. It must have been awful nice. Yeah, it was all right. What else? Tell us more. I'll tell you the rest tomorrow. And it's late for you kids to be eating stuff like this. Go on back to bed now, kids. It's almost 3 o'clock. All right. Good night, Mama. Good night, Mimi. Good night, Francie. Good night, Mama. Papa, was there an impresario there? No. Not tonight. There wasn't prima donna. <laughs> now you run along to bed. Johnny, what else about the party? Oh, you wouldn't be interested. You used to tell me. Well, like I said, it was nice. The bride all dressed up and her gown sort of swishing when she walked and... Well... Johnny, have I changed a lot? Changed? Why, she couldn't hold a candle to you. She wasn't so hot. No, I mean... I mean... Am I getting hard? Hard? Now, where in the world did you ever get an idea like that? I don't know. I want to do what's right for the kids. I don't want to get hard. Why, baby, you're prettier than you ever was. Why, tonight I come near telling the whole party, yelling, Hey, you ought to see my bride waiting at home for me. And you was waiting. That was nice, Katie. It was just like it used to be. I should have waited up more, I guess. Oh, it ain't your fault. You work them the way you do. But things are going to be different around here. I'm going to change a lot of things. I'm going to quit the drinking, too. And just to show you, here's my tip money. No, Johnny, the tips are yours. No, siree. Tonight's the beginning of something new. Oh, you believe me, don't you, Katie? Sure, Johnny. Sure, I believe you. I'll be singing all over Brooklyn and maybe Manhattan, too. Have you heard Johnny Nolan sing? They'll say, don't miss Johnny Nolan. Yes, sir, our luck's turning someday. Oh, stop it, Johnny, stop it. Stop talking. Talking like that only makes it worse. We ain't got a chance. Who are we trying to kid? Yeah. Who are we trying to kid? I didn't go to her to judge. But it's the truth. Yeah. And here's some more of the truth. I wasn't so good tonight. Just because they was all drunk, they gave me the encore. Well, 
What's the use of talking about it? Oh. I don't know. But as long as we're on the truth, let's keep looking at it. I got a wife and kids, and I don't take care of them. I love them. Sure, I love them a lot. But all I want to do is sing and dream. I ain't ever going to be able to change it. You're right. Who am I trying to kill? No use talking about it. Let's get some sleep. Yeah. Only, maybe I'll go for a little walk. moments, Frigid Air will bring you the second act of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, starring James Dunn and Peggy Ann Garner. Frigid Air, one of America's great household names, has won its reputation not only for doing things first, but also for doing things well. For Frigid Air pioneered and improved many of the great refrigeration developments that add so much to American living today. Just as an example, consider the meter miser, Frigid Air's exclusive coal-making mechanism. Consider its name, Meter Miser. Stingy with current, a miser on operating cost. The Meter Miser earned its name by producing loads of cold on a mere trickle of current. Actually, the Meter Miser earned its name from the first time it was set down on the drawing board by Frigidaire engineers. Because they set out to design a mechanism that would do away with complicated parts in the trouble they caused. One that would do away with the trouble of oiling and fans and belts and pulleys. And they succeeded. They built a mechanism so dependable that the whole works is permanently sealed in a bath of oil. So simple that it's no bigger than a derby hat. So economical that it uses no more current than an ordinary light bulb. And that's why the meter miser earned its name. That's why it is called the simplest refrigerating mechanism ever built. So when you choose your next refrigerator, remember... Only frigid air has the meter miser. And remember, you're twice as sure with two great names. For frigid air is made only by General Motors. Hi, this is Porchlight Music Theater's Operations Associate, Kelly Buffington. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration and hope you enjoy the show. I made a plan in my heart I've 
production of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, starring Peggy Ann Garner and James Dunn. Peggy Ann Garner may be seen in the current 20th Century Fox release, Junior Miss. Now, act two of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. snickered and made jokes about Papa. And I couldn't stand that. I didn't think I liked that school much anyhow. Oh, I loved school. But not that one. Not anymore. So I got Papa to take me for a walk on Sunday. Kind of a long walk. Here, Papa. Stop here. Huh? Look over there. Yeah, I'm looking, baby. Bend down, Papa. I wish I could go to that school, Papa. Oh, so that's it. Well, now, it would be awful nice, but they got rules, honey. You've got to go to the school where you live. I know. I didn't really think it Oh, could... you want to go there awful bad, don't you? Well, now, let's see. Maybe we could move near here. Oh, Papa, could we really? Well, uh, uh, make believe, that is. How do you mean? Well, for instance, uh, suppose we lived in, say, that little white house over there. Pretend, that is. Then you'd have to transfer to this school, huh? Oh, Papa, could we really do that? And every day you'd out of, eat out of real china dishes with cherries painted on them. And when you drink your coffee, you'd have a cup and saucer that match. <laughs> and that'd be my room up there where the little window is. Then it's all settled, Prima Donna. We'll try it. Papa, bend down. My cup runs over. And that's how I got to go to the school that I really liked. No wonder. No wonder I love my papa more than anything else in the world. No wonder. Papa was away when Mama decided to move to the top floor of our tenement where it was cheaper. Papa, well, Papa didn't say much when he came home. And then it was Christmas. Aunt Sissy and her new husband came to spend Christmas Eve with us. And then some of the neighbors, like Miss Maggie and Mrs. Gaddis and the Timmore sisters, came in, too. And everybody sang Christmas carols and songs. And, and oh, it was so nice. What's the matter, Katie? I'm all right, Sissy. Why'd you stop singing? 
You want a glass of water? Just a little dizzy, that's all. Come on. Let's go into the bedroom. I want to talk to you. I tell you, I'm all right, sissy. I get these spells. Look, kid. I'm nobody's foolish sister. I couldn't miss that bassinet when I hung my coat in your closet. I'm awful glad for you, Katie. I'm scared. You got no call to be. Look at how swell those other two kids of yours turned out. I know. Have you told Johnny? No. You ought to. Maybe it'd help him. Thanks. Maybe it would. Maybe I will. I'm glad you came tonight. Forget it. You're a fine girl, Katie. I never said any different. And Johnny's one wonderful nice guy. Don't let nobody ever tell you different. Silent night. Huh? Nothing, sister. Nothing. To... Just thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Swell party, Katie. Had a swell time. Yeah. Swell fellas, sissy's new husband. Good match. Johnny. And those two kids of ours. Imagine them making me that watch bob out of Neely's shoelaces. And giving you that rose water for your hand. Johnny, I've got to tell you something. The real reason why we moved up here where it's cheaper. We're going to have a baby. A baby? That's why I've been scrimping so. Well, I'm awful glad if you are, Katie. We'll manage. I can work a little longer. Then Francie will have to leave school. Francie leaves school? I don't like it any better than you do, Johnny. But why does it have to be Francie? Neely don't care about school like she does. That's why. If Neely quits, he'll never go back. Francie will fight to get back somehow. But there must be some other way. It's the only way. Oh, don't tell her yet. Maybe I can swing something. We can't count on that, Johnny. Well, don't look at me that way. It ain't my fault. Oh, it ain't anyone's fault, I guess. I don't. Turn out the light, Johnny. I'm awful tired. I, I think I'll go for a little walk. Don't start drinking, Johnny. Not tonight. I won't. Well, take your muffler. It's pretty cold out. Yeah. next night either. Then on the third night, Officer McShane came to the door, told us about Papa. Papa had been out looking for work to show Mama she could count on him. He got sick, really sick this time. The doctor said it was pneumonia. People I never even heard of carrying on like they were his family. I don't know. He took the time to make folks love him, Katie. Francie. She scares me. She ain't cried once. 
best to leave her alone. She just looks at me. That's all. Sissy, help any? Your mama feels awful bad. Same as you. She needs you. She doesn't need me. She doesn't love me like Papa did, and she didn't love him either. Not really. She hurt him. She hurt him lots of times, but he never hurt anybody. Oh, baby, don't feel like that. Oh, leave me alone. Please go away and leave me alone. <laughs> Me one of your compositions. I never read your compositions like your father did. I, 
I only remember one, and you won't like it, Mama. Tell it to me. Hurry. It's called The Man People Love. Perhaps many people might have said he knew he was a failure. It is true that he had no gift for making money. But he had a gift for laughter. And for making people love him. He had the gift of making you feel proud to walk down the street with him. He had nothing to give but himself. But of this he gave generously. Like a king. Yes. Like a king. That's right. Just walking with him down the street, I always felt like that. Did you, Mama? Oh, Francie, I miss you so much. Oh, Mama. The baby's a boy. We'll call him Johnny. Oh, yes. Please let him be Johnny, Mama. And if it's a girl... We'll call him Molly. He always sang Molly Malone so sweet. So sad. And either way, it'll be him all over again. What an fancy. Either way. Thank you, Mama. Thank you. Either way. It grows in boarded-up lots and out of neglected rubbish heaps. It survives without sun and water and seemingly without earth. It grows in the midst of poverty, for it likes poor people. And like the people, it is unconquerable. Thanks to Peggy Ann Garner and to James Dunn for a brilliant performance. The radio adaptation of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn was written by Milton Geiger. Music was supervised by Alfred Newman, and the entire production was under the direction of Robert L. Redd. Frigidaire Hollywood Star Time is presented each week at this time with the best wishes of your Frigidaire dealer, who invites you to come in and learn about the famous line of Frigidaire home appliances. Electric refrigerators, electric ranges, electric water heaters, home freezers, and a wide variety of refrigerating and air conditioning equipment for homes, farms, stores, offices, and factories. Next week at this hour, Hollywood Star Time will present Vincent Price and Lynn Berry in the first radio performance of the sensational new 20th Century Fox production, Shock, which will soon be released. This is Wendell Niles speaking for Frigidaire, made only by General Motors.
This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Shirley Booth was one of only 24 performers to achieve the triple crown of acting as the recipient of an Academy Award, two Primetime Emmy Awards, and three Tony Awards. She starred on the popular radio series Duffy's Tavern, playing the light-hearted, wisecracking, man-crazy daughter of the unseen tavern owner on CBS Radio from 1941 to 1942 and on NBC Blue from 1942 to 1943. Her then-husband, Ed Gardner, created and wrote the show as well as played its lead character, Archie, the malpropping manager of the tavern. Booth left the show not long after the couple divorced. She auditioned unsuccessfully for the title role of radio's Our Miss Brooks in 1948. She had been recommended by Harry Ackerman, who was to produce the show, but Ackerman told radio historian Gerald Nachman that he felt Booth was too conscious of a high school teacher's struggles to have full fun with the character's comic possibilities. Our Miss Brooks became a radio and television hit when the title role went to actress Eve Arden. Funny ideas, Hildy. Suppose your mother never stood in a dark vestibule with your father. They might never have had to get married. Why do you suppose they didn't? It was love. Love? Sure. Love is the reason you was born. Love is the reason you was born. Love was the gleam in Papa's eye. Love was the gleam in Papa's eye. Oh, suddenly me. Love is a holding in a clinch. Love is a holding in a clinch. 
such a big mouth. You're such a big mouth. When his relatives call, there must be a reason for it all. Needs a reason for it. Always the teasing in the hole. Always a lovely for a call. It's the season, I say. Love is the reason for it all. Theaters across the country need your support now more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theater today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Weber. Thank you.